Hi, we're Julian on the Brown Note and a rather late review of Narcos Mexico Season 3, which is Narcos Season 6, as I think I've reviewed every series so far. I basically don't watch any new TV series. I kind of gave up watching TV because by the end of that golden era where Breaking Bad and everything was finishing, I was like four seasons behind on every show and I just gave up completely but I did jump on board Narcos Mexico which is in a way the most Breaking Bad show since Breaking Bad in that it's very very dynamic and narratively satisfying and kind of good fellasy and very rock and roll and the um, cinematography and cast of characters and the stories have been brilliant um, and it's been one of the most consistent shows on tv of the last 15 years and gets no credit no one pays any attention to it i mean the current one's got 100 percent on rotten tomatoes and no one mentions it it never comes up at awards time despite diego luna in the lot in the first two narcos mexicos being awards wherever he was a magnificent performance one of the best since brian cranston's walter white it began as a a two-series show, which was about telling the story of Pablo Escobar. Um, and they did a brilliant job, and it was a fantastic couple of series. And then they sort of carried on with the Cali cartel, who took over in the vacuum of Pablo Escobar. And then um, kind of relaunched the show as Narcos Mexico, but it was there was just a massive overlap. The one thing that was weird is that Narcos Mexico went all the way back to the end of the 1970s. And at the end of the third series of Narcos Mexico, we've only just gone past the end of the second series of the normal Narcos. Because um, about halfway through season three, you actually see the death of Pablo Escobar again. So it's a really, uh, it's quite, it's set quite a long time ago. This time around... Um, it was. It's the same as um, Narcos One and Two in that the main character is gone. So we had Pablo Escobar's gone, and then who's in the vacuum afterwards? This time around, we lost Diego Luna as Miguel Angel Felix Gallardo from the Guadalajara cartel, and he was a pioneer of uh, mass-producing marijuana which was then the trucking routes were then used by the Colombian cartels to get their cocaine into America and eventually the Mexican cartels became huge and the Colombian cartels became the clients of the um, Mexican cartels as they grew and they'd already established all these um, routes. And at the end of season two, it was this amazing story arc for Diego Luna's character and he um, ended up in jail Somewhere I believe he is to this day, about 25 years later. So this one is, you. We I think when Narcos Mexico started, everyone thought it would be about El Chapo. But it really hasn't been. And I think everyone thought season three would be about El Chapo. But really it's leading up to the start of El Chapo. And the producers said they aren't going any further, though they are producing a semi-spin-off show about the uh, drug kingpin Griselda, who was a female Colombian drug kingpin inside America. Virtually none of the Narcos series is outside of um, Mexico, but it's certainly very little of it's in America. Um, but this would be mainly in America. So this time around, we, uh, we have the guy that took down 
um, the Diego Luna character, who was a Mardo, and who's he played by? Well, you get Scott McNary, who's been average as an actor so far, but he's absolutely great in this as a DEA agent. A really, really troubled guy. Uh, we we see at the start he's in an AA meeting and we find out that he's actually an undercover cop who's pretending to be in an AA meeting, but it kind of fits that he's not pretending that much. And he fo and we follow his story throughout the um, the series, which is mostly based on fact. Um, and he's the he's the sort of American conduit. They've done it to varying degrees of success throughout the Narcos, where they've had this American cop. By far the best was when they used uh, a non-American cop or a semi-American cop, Pedro Pascal, who was brilliant. Um, but this time around, we get Scott McNary. Unfortunately, because they mix up the cast of um, all three series, I'm scrolling through hundreds of names. So Amado Carrillo, who was the um, Jose Maria Yazpik, who ends up doing the dirty on um, Felix, and he is the head, he becomes the head of the Juarez cartel. So you've got the two borders, you've got the Juarez border and the Tijuana border, and they're the basically the this whole third series is about the battle between these two, the Guadalajara cartel, which is further south and led by Felix is pretty much wiped out and on top of that you get the rise of the Sinaloa cartel which is El Chapo's mob so that's the it's a broadly truthful chronological rapid fire rock and roll version of events um, the cast is always great in these I thought that if I had uh, one problem with this and there's always one I'll see if I can find it. it's very It's virtually impossible. There's a there's a young woman that plays a journalist in this, who is, is that's one of the characters you know is not a real one, but um, and she's she's like this idealistic journalist, and we hear about how journalists in Mexico are murdered, and she basically uncovers a lot of real high level corruption. So the main gist of this story is on one hand the Juarez cartel becoming even bigger than Pablo Escobar and becoming the biggest that the world has ever known and becoming extremely dominant over the other cartels. The other is their connections with the highest ranking politicians in Mexico, which itself has its own story arc that comes to some kind of fruition. One of the main players in that um, was actually defended by the Department of Justice in America. Um, and this guy is completely defamed throughout this series as being a massive inroads into the cartels which he got away with his whole life they would never have done this i think it's the first massive high level accusations of its kind against this guy he died in 2001 he was connected to you know very very high ranking politicians in both the us and in mexico and he sort of serves as the overboss of everything that happens but he got away with it his whole life um, and there's a young journalist that's sort of chasing him, and she is the weak link for me. I didn't mind her acting in Mexican or Spanish, um, um, even though she was a stock character, you know, the idealistic female journalist that's there with a notepad. A little bit too stock and pat for this, but the problem I have with her, 
She's a narrator and she shouldn't have been a narrator because her narration in England English is actually quite bad. And I actually, I didn't like, I, whenever she was talking, it kind of weakened these very momentous things that she was relaying. I was like, oh, I wish you could have got someone else to do that. Um, I think compared to, I mean, I think I've given virtually every season of Narcos a 9 out of 10. It's been one of the most consistently brilliant things on TV. And again, this is brilliant. El Chapo isn't as big a character in this as you probably think he's going to be. The producer said that they wanted to take the entirety of Narcos up to the modern era, the jumping off point. And it's worth pointing out that El Chapo was in jail what, long before any of the modern era. He was in jail and got out and remained out. And that's when the Sinaloa cartel really... It's amazing to think that he had a partner in the Sinaloa cartel that was his equal. Uh, one of the best performances in this, one of the best characters... I wish they wouldn't, you know, show all of the characters from all three because it makes it impossible to find anyone. But there's this guy that runs the fishing boats off of um, Sinaloa, Mazatlan, one of my favourite places in Mexico. I love Mazatlan. It's absolutely wonderful place. But he runs his own cocaine shipment business and he partners up eventually with um, El Chapo. Now, when have you ever heard of this guy? This guy is still running the Sinaloa cartel. 25 years later. I've never even heard his name mentioned. And the chick who's a sister of, I think, the Oriano brothers or something new with the Tijuana cartel. And this is back in 95. She assumes co-leadership back in the 95. She currently leads the Tijuana cartel to this day. It's absolutely crazy. So um, I think if there's one, like the, the female journalist is a bit of a weak link, but so was the American actor that played the cop in the Pablo Escobar ones. Um, and the other thing is the lead up to the end of the last series was one of the most, it was like watching the end of Breaking Bad seasons three or four. It led up to this astonishing events, the incredible meeting as well. This time around, it peters out because the best stuff's in the middle. The best story art bits where they're really going at each other um, is fantastic in the middle. And um, there's some of the best shootouts I've seen in television history. There's one in a nightclub, which is, I think, the best shootout I have ever seen on television. It is something so visceral about it. And it's when El Chapo goes after um, the Tijuana boys. And it starts playing Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. And it's just so woozily narcotic and menacing the way this shootout unfolds in a nightclub. Some really high-octane shootouts in this. But it kind of peters out a bit towards the end. I thought, like, you know, the midsection was where all the excitement was. And I think one of the reasons is Amado, who is the biggest drug dealer in the world is planning to leave at the end. This is all matter of public record. He's going to go away and disappear and never be seen of again. But he died on the operating table having plastic surgery aged about 40. Rubbish! This guy didn't die on the operating table. He said that he was going to vanish. And he apparently died on the operating table having plastic surgery. This guy did vanish. He is still out there. He left the game. He did amazing. But those aren't the most interesting parts of it. So um, 
not as good as Monaco's Mexico seasons one or two, but still with an incredible midsection and still well worth watching. So eight and a half out of ten easy for Narcos Mexico season three.